1: Time machine? Out of a DeLorean?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe, and we are continuing to celebrate the greatest month of the year uh, by celebrating all things horror and talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness from 1987. Uh, To help me talk about it, I am joined by the host of the Cinema Drunkies podcast, as well as You Could Have Been a Blood Fist movie. Uh, and the brand new horror podcast, Chainsaws and Claws. Uh, he might be the busiest podcaster I know. It's Rob Antiquera. Rob, how you doing?
1: <laughs> hey, what's going on, Matt? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I really appreciate you inviting me to talk Prince of Darkness, and also, uh, yeah,
0: it's um, a bit busy, <laughs> if you can tell. <laughs> I mean, you like to podcast. There's nothing wrong with that. So, <laughs> you I know. like to have
1: fun, and podcasting is fun,
0: so it works out. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. So um, did you want to tell the people a little bit about the new podcast, Chainsaws and Claws? Because that's like, oh, that's sure. all that's sure. presses. So that's, that's brand new.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, that's a new podcast that uh, I'm co-hosting with me and um great friend, uh, Patrick Bartlett. Um, it's a, a podcast where we did, uh, do a double feature every episode of one slasher movie and one monster movie and you know me and him alternate in between like who picks what like you know one episode i'll pick the slasher and he'll pick the monster movie and then the next episode will switch and then vice versa. you know and then go back and forth like that so on and so forth you know and uh yeah yeah i've been having a a lot of fun doing this one because of course uh uh, i'm doing it uh with uh great friend patrick Uh, i love that man and uh as as you know he's um fantastic person to just discuss movies with and uh we've just been having a great old time you know saying because he's a huge horror fan and so am I and like you know we we both have like the same taste in horror so this has just been like one of my favorite things to 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 do as far as podcasting has come along so far in my you know I guess you could say podcasting career you know Mm
0: -hmm. this has been
1: like yeah just a really really fun thing to do so far
0: well, that's, that's fantastic. And it does sound like a really good idea. I'm excited for it. Patrick's a very fun person to talk movies with. Uh, mm-hmm. I have only talked to him once on this show, but he's going to be back very soon. Should be next week. He's on. Uh, and he's got, he's very excited. I feel like and has so much energy that it's like, you have to like <laughs> be excited when you talk to him about movies. Cause he just brings so much energy to it that you're just like, all right, I'm on board.
1: <laughs> so- oh yeah. Yeah. Patrick is incredibly energetic. Um, he has, <laughs> he has enough energy for the both of us. You know what I'm saying? This <laughs> all you gotta do is just wind
0: patrick up and let him go and me you know and i'm saying you just be ready for a good time you know what i mean <laughs> oh yes good stuff so um so yeah before we start talking about prince of darkness here um i just want to ask what you've watched lately anything good bad somewhere in between anything like that
1: <laughs> oh yeah um well at the time of this recording uh last weekend I drove up to a drive-in that's um about an hour away, about an hour and change away, where they had a double feature of Pearl and Barbarian. Um, and uh, as I was, as you know, I was a huge fan of X, uh, so I was very excited for Pearl. And like you know, I had, when Pearl was coming out, they were doing those double features of X and Pearl, and unfortunately, I couldn't uh, make it to that, so uh a double feature of Pearl and Barbarian was like the next best thing for me. And uh, I I had an, um, just an incredible time with both movies. Uh, I, I loved Pearl so much, especially uh, Mia Goff's performance in it. Um, everything you've heard people say about her performance in that movie, believe it, it is true. <laughs> she is amazing. And like one, of the, I, I would say one of the all time great screen performances she delivers like I, I will go that far, like not just in horror, like, you know, we've seen great uh, performances in horror movies like, you know, Tony Collette and uh, Hereditary and Lupita Nyong'o and Us. And, and she she's definitely on that level, but I think also like she kind of transcends it as well to like just delivering a all time great screen performance period. Like I remember saying in my Letterboxd review that I would say she's even Robert De Niro, raging bull good. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like she, <laughs> she, she is amazing in it. Like there, there is moments in there where it's like, they like, as you might have heard, like there's a scene in there where she delivers like a six minute monologue, and it it is mm-hmm. just utterly fantastic. You know, the camera just holds on her as she just just goes all out, and it's it's it's, it's a fantastic film. Um, it's like a deranged Wizard of Oz, and <laughs> uh it, it it it's just is it I I love it so much and barbarian too was just utterly just a fun ride uh i had a ball with that one because uh you really are not prepared for where that film is going to take you <laughs> <laughs> that film takes you places and you're just like oh you, you thought it's going here and it's like no we're going here oh, okay and, oh we're going here oh we're going here <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does take several sharp turns throughout the movie. Oh yeah, uh, which I appreciated. I will say. So I haven't seen Pearl yet. I told you. I just told you that I have not seen Pearl, but I I did really like X a lot, and I want to see. It. But like Pearl is already down to almost no showings around me, and and I think the other thing that kind of makes me less motivated is so many movies hit uh, at least VOD really quickly these days. Like I imagine in the month of October, it might actually be available to, me to rent, you know, or something. But um. So I'm hoping I can see it soon because I think the theater, that was a very short window. It didn't make a lot of money, but it didn't cost a lot of money. So it's like, I think it's okay, but, uh, I do really want, I've heard nothing about good things. I've heard better things about Pearl and I think I heard about X and I heard a lot of good things about X. So i uh, yeah. excited to see that. I did see barbarian, uh, and I took everyone's advice and didn't like look up anything about it before I went into it. I maybe saw a trailer. I don't even remember like, or like a YouTube quick, like a quick ad. Um, so I didn't really know what I was getting into, which is always a fun time. <laughs> and, uh, it was a super good time. It was insane. Like I did not know what was coming next, uh, kept me on my toes. Um, I feel like all my complaints are like minor nitpicks that I feel like I can't say here cause it'd be spoiler stuff, but like, it's like little, little stuff, but I can put that all aside. Cause yeah, it starts as one thing. Then it turns into another thing then it turns into another thing and it becomes another thing. <laughs> it's like, and it does it all pretty well. and like. Manages this kind of tone where things are kind of insane and crazy and very intense at times, but then also pretty fun. It's just I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's a good time. It's a good time at the movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's um, I I don't want to make this like like a, a comment on his talent because the, the dude is obviously talented, but uh, it's uh, written and directed by uh, one of the dudes from uh, the whitest kids you know. Yeah, uh, the sketch <laughs> series, which was, was surprising because, you know, uh, uh, it's like, you know, he's obviously uh, mostly known for being comedic. And then it's like a uh, Jordan Peele situation when someone, you know, primarily for comedy, just comes out with a uh, just a great ball to the wall horror film, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I, I was just like greatly surprised by that. And I was like, wow, like, you know, like, dude just blew me away, you know, because I was not expecting this at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I i was surprised. Like, I, cause I'd watched a little bit of Whitest Kids You Know, and I have friends who are pretty big fans of it. And I'd seen Miss March for some on TV or something. Miss March is, I thought was pretty bad. <laughs> like, and then the, I, I kind of forgot like his name. And then, like, I, the name sounded kind of familiar. And I was like, wait, it's one of the Whitest Kids You Know guys directing this crazy horror movie. Um, and there's definitely some elements of comedy in there for sure. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, he comes out of nowhere with this thing. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, people really like it. I think it's doing fairly well because I don't think it costs a lot of money. Uh, so good for him. I just, I it was complete surprise all around, really. It was like, where did this movie come from? And then everyone's, you know, buzzing about it, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, anything else besides Pearl Barbarian you want to bring up, or? Um. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> that's a good one-two punch, though. That's a good, it's a good oh, trouble. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and at the drive-in it's very cool so um I have a couple things here let me where do I start with I don't know if I start with the worst thing first um <laughs> yeah I'll do that I'll do I'll start there um so I was hanging out with uh my friend Ken Walker who's been on the show many times it's been a while though he'll be back soon um we want it's we're like it was the beginning of October when this airs, it'll be a little, or airs, when when this episode drops, it'll be, like, it'll be a little later, but October's just started, we're recording this, and we hung out, and we're like, we're gonna watch a horror movie that neither one of us have seen, and somehow we landed on The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Oh, that classic. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious your thoughts on it, because I was like, I think I was looking for letterbox ratings too. And I was like, what does Rob think about this? I could, I was like, I don't know how Rob would feel like exorcist too, but um, I, I've i heard bad things for years. I know some people do like it. It has like a little bit of like, it has a fan base. Um, Can't say Ken and I, either one of us were fans. It was very long two hours of, it was bizarre. Cause we both kept saying like, we feel like so much has happened, but also nothing has happened in exorcist too. Like it's just throwing stuff at you. And Long, long scenes of like, I don't even know what we're doing here. Like, why is Richard Burton in Africa? Like, why? It's like there's a locust <laughs> god or deep, the bazooka. I'd say just bananas. Like, it is bonkers. Everyone said it was, but also sadly, I found it kind of boring in like long stretches. Um, James Old Jones shows up mm-hmm. very briefly. <laughs> like, what's he doing here? Um, it was wild. I don't know, like. I did not have a great time watching it. I apologize to the Exorcist 2 fans because I really like the Exorcist. I enjoy Exorcist 3. I was like, I got to fill the gap in and watch 2. I don't know what happened in 2 with a great cast as well. I don't know. And uh, John Boardman as a director. And it's like, I think it was all these people involved who were so talented. It's like, huh? What is this? (laughs) It's it's so bananas. so do do you like exorcist 2 i could i take it
1: i i i i don't know if i could say i like it but uh um i i did have a good time watching it but not i i don't think in the way the filmmakers intended (laughs) because because it it is pretty fucking wild and it, it is filled with just incredibly hilarious scenes and like moments of dialogue where uh I remember that in, that infamous part where um, Linda Blair uh, is talking to very young Dana Plato, uh, who's in the movie playing a um, believe an autistic girl, oh. and uh, like as she asked her like, "What was wrong with you?" She said, "Well, I was possessed by a demon." Like just matter of factly, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay. He's gone now." And it's like yeah. that's that's a that's a line of dialogue in in, in the film, um, and Richard Burton is so over the top oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 scene where he, he he uh snuffs out a fire with a crutch is is hilarious um where where he's like seemingly possessed uh yeah but there they, there's his line delivery on the train uh, he's like seemingly possessed and um he's with linda blair and uh the train conductor doesn't believe that the, they're together and richard burton just turns around and goes leave her alone she belongs to me, like just out of nowhere <laughs> like that. And it's so funny. And like, you know, the the, the, the repeated utterances of uh Pazuzu. Um Pazuzu gets said like a hundred thousand times My in that God. movie. So much Pazuzu. So like, <laughs> yeah, Pazuzu every day. Everything is Pazuzu. And, and it, yeah, it's just it's just a wild ass film. And it's like, yeah, it's um I think it's uh you know, people like recognize it as like one of the greatest. All time bad movies, and it's like, yeah, but it's also it, like, like you said, it was also kind of fucking boring, you know? <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> it, it, it gets really long winded, especially when uh, uh, Richard Burton goes on like soul searching and kind of thing in like the middle of it, and it's yep. like, what's going on? <laughs> and then he's having hallucinations about uh, uh, James Earl Jones and like, uh, dressed as a what the fuck was he dressed as? Like, was a, he
0: dressed like, as a locust? A, was that what they were going yeah. for? Or was he a, a leopard or?
1: Yeah, something like that, like you know, and yeah, it was it was just a, the wildest shit ever, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just I, I, I understand what the idea he was like he was going for John Borman, but it was just like, um, did did you did you like you conceived the movie on cocaine? Because <laughs> because that's what it seems like because it seems like cocaine was a uh, part of the. Uh, conception process and coming up <laughs> with this story and the, the making of the movie like everybody was on cocaine when making this <laughs> well maybe not richard burton he made, burton seemed like he was more on sauce you know what i'm saying he had one too many yeah, long island nice <laughs> long too many long island iced teas while, while he was <laughs> shooting the film because he was out of control um,
0: he, yeah he's he's on a plane I i was like we're, t- we're watching and I was like, wait, we're just Burton, the guy that's like known as like a major alcoholic. And I was like, oh, right. He- yes, he was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, maybe that's how we got through the movie. I don't know. He was just drinking, uh, when he's waving that crutch at a fire. I was like, what are, what are we doing here? I was like, is that doing anything? And then there's just scenes that go on for like an eternity. And it's just, I don't even know what we're doing. Like, I just, I was, oh my God. It's, it's like, my least favorite kind of bad movie is the ones where they're boring. Like, at least, like, don't be boring. <laughs> like, there are moments of crazy stuff, but it's, like, it's almost two hours. And it's, like, if it was maybe shorter, it'd be, like, oh, this is more fun bad. This is just, like, we were drinking, too. It was just not a fun experience. I was, like, can I need more more drinks? Did you bring any more? It's, like, oh, no, we're out. Whoops, I'm not <laughs> drunk enough to enjoy Exorcist 2. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, that was a, a journey we went on. And uh, at least I can say I watched it now. I crossed off the list. <laughs> so that's something. I feel you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. The other two things I watched, I enjoyed much more. So um, I feel like you're a fan of this. And I don't know why. Maybe I heard this somewhere. But I watched Francis Ford Coppola's first movie, which is Dementia 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're shaking your head. Good. Uh, so I was like, I feel like Rob likes this one. I don't know why. Um, yes, I Yes, it's like, which is a Roger Corman production, I believe, uh, in where Coppola was like a crew member on another movie. Yeah, Corman's like, hey, we have a few extra days, go make another movie. Um, just very Roger Corman from everything I've ever heard. Uh, and let's Coppola just go make another movie. Uh, I guess using by the stuff they had for very, very little money. Um. They have a castle. Uh, <laughs> they're like, go make this movie, um, which is a basic, basically like a psycho riff, I guess you could say, uh, in a castle. Uh <laughs> and it's like this woman, her husband dies from out in a rowboat. Um, she kind of just hides, they, they do not get along. You tell them in the first two minutes, Coppola sets up like they hate each other. Uh, she wants his mom's inheritance. Boom. You got that set up in two minutes. The husband dies, she just kind of pushes him off the boat. <laughs> It's like okay, I'm gonna cover this up and go get some money. Um, and she goes to the castle with with his family. It's all they're all kind of weird in different ways. <laughs> and uh, there's an axe wielding murderer on the property, uh, which is you know a wrinkle in things. Um, I don't want to say more because there's not too much more, and I don't want to spoil. I was very shocked at something that happens in the middle of the movie. Yeah, um, that completely changes the movie. Um. And where it ended up was, I was shocked at what Coppola did in, I I don't know how many days he had. It could not have been many days, just a few days. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, the score is really great. Um, like he does a lot with very little (laughs) and it's super tight. The version I watched was like his director's cut that's on Bestron Blu-ray, which is funny because even shorter than I guess the older cut, it's like he tightened it up to like an hour and eight minutes or something. (laughs) And, uh, he does an intro he must really be fond of it because he did an intro for it over the blu-ray like a new intro and was like this is the version i want you guys to see and it's good it's very for what it is it's i really enjoyed it and unlike exorcist 2 it's not boring and it's <laughs> like it's and gets through the runtime it's like this is this is fun and um yeah i was pretty surprised by it and had a good time uh yeah i see a lot, a lot of people don't like a letterbox they think it's kind of boring or whatever but like I don't know. I, you could see you could see his talent right away like really you could see how how good he is um and yeah I had a I had a blast with it so um you're a fan as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: I I I I dug it quite a bit. Um yeah it you could definitely see the uh, the the talent in Coppola very early on um like cuz he creates wonderful uh gothic spooky atmosphere throughout the entirety of the proceedings. Um, especially like like you know, the scenes during the the, the castle. um you know, the, the, he does an immense job with that uh, black and white cinematography. And uh yeah, um it is definitely like a a, a riff on a psycho because that's exactly what Corman wanted. Corman wanted like like, yeah, like uh, um here he, we have a couple days, we have a little bit of money, go go make something and try to make it like psycho and Corman, um, Coppola was like, all right sure I got you um and and he and he did and uh this I know Corman didn't really like it because he wanted more scenes of violence in it. so he added he got a, like I think like Jack Hill to shoot a couple extra scenes um uh like of of murders like one or two uh for for the cut that was actually released and what Coppola did was he took those scenes out because he didn't shoot them Oh, you that know. makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, and essentially made a tie. Like basically, the film he made, and uh, like yeah, uh, I I, I really like that one. It's a little predictable. Like you you could you could tell who the murderer is. Like like <laughs> off the bat. Like like it, it's it's obvious. No one's surprising. But I I really wasn't concerned by that. Like I that that didn't hamper my enjoyment of it at all. I was just along for the ride. Uh, I thought it was um really great cast in there too as well. Um and like yeah, I, I was I was a really big fan of that one. I'm a really big fan of that one.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. The murderer, yes, is pretty predictable. Something happened in the middle that threw me where I was like, oh, I sh-. now I should have seen that coming if I'd read about it beforehand. But um just surprised that they pulled it off. But yeah, the murder I'll, it's like that I think it's a Roger Eber thing about like economy of characters in a in a mystery where it can only be if you have a small enough cast, it can only be there's only so many suspects, you know, it's like you kind of start picking apart. You're like, Okay, well, it's got to be one of these people. But um, yeah, for just knowing what he did with very little, I was pretty impressed by it. So um, yeah, it's good. I'm glad I finally saw that. Um, last thing I'll mention, it's like a movie that lit Twitter on fire, like when the trailer drops and not in a good way. (laughs) A few months ago, Uh, the monsters, Rob zombies, the monsters finally came out on Netflix. Um, Listen, I saw the trailer, everybody else did, the first trailer. I was concerned. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was definitely concerned. Um, but I really liked the movie. I had a really fun time watching it. I was like probably grinning like an idiot through most of it because it's just very like silly and goofy. Like, and I didn't watch a ton of the monsters when I was a kid, but it definitely was on. I feel like it was on Nick and Knight or somewhere, like a block with the Adams family. Like, and I do remember liking it a lot because I just thought they were like fun and goofy and i liked her monster and all them and like it's just like th- this is like the show i mean from what i remember like i can't believe anybody thought it'd be any different i don't know what they were worried about like it, you want like a dark and serious monster it's like what do you want <laughs> like and um apparently i think rob zombie wanted to be in black and white and they said no so then he went the opposite direction and was like okay let me just like crank everything up to like a cartoonish level which like whoever did that trailer should be fired because it's like they they took moments out of the movie that are only like a few that are they're they're extra like cranked up to be cartoonish i feel like like somebody he her monster scares uh cassandra peterson elvira shows up and it's very like whoa and it's like goofy and you know the camera shakes and it's just like there's only a few moments that are, like, that over the top, like, whoa, you know, but uh, and they put them all in the trailer, <laughs> and I I watched the trailer on the exact same TV right after I watched the movie, just think, was I going crazy, or does that just, like, look worse? And it did look worse. Something was off. They, like, sped th- things up, I feel like, sometimes. Like, something was wrong with that trailer. It was bad, bad. They should never put it out there. Um, the movie would not be for everyone's taste. I can all, I can tell you right now, because, like, it's just very goofy, very over the top, but I feel like it's very earnest because I know Rob Zombie genuinely loves the Munsters probably more than anybody else because I think I mentioned this on on Daniel's show. We did the horror marathon. We were talking about Rob Zombie stuff and like the Munsters came up before it even came out. And I was like, I watched like a random YouTube clip they, they showed to me that was recommended about Rob Zombie on MTV's Cribs like 20 years ago. <laughs> and he had all this Munsters stuff in his house, like tons of Munsters collectibles. I'm like, yes, this man should direct this movie. Who else is going to do this? And it's like, um, I don't know. I had fun with it. I was worried. going. I was like very um, uh, just, you know, nervous going in. But I was like, I had I had a good time. It's a little long. I will say that. It's almost two hours. Um, probably it's not going to be two hours. It ends kind of abruptly. The structure is kind of weird. It's almost like it starts like a whole new thing with only 20 minutes, left, 15 minutes left. And like you're starting a whole new uh, kind of subplot. Nope. Oh, and it's like, no, it's over. It's okay. Never mind. <laughs> like, um, but no, it's Cassandra Peters. Like I said, a virus shows up. The cast is having a good time. Like everybody, everybody's on the level that Rob Zombie, I think, wants them to be on. Like they're all so dialed into like doing this. And that's why I think it works too. Cause everyone's like, okay, we're going to play this like it's a, a living cartoon or something. Like we're just, we're all in, um, which I appreciate. So yeah, it's not going to be for everybody. I had a really good time with it. Have you watched this yet? Or I have not.
1: I have not. <laughs> uh, but I, I am going to check it out because um, uh, I, I see more people stating they like it than not like it. I've only seen a couple people say, like, oh, I don't like it. This is trash. This is terrible. Um, a, admittedly, I, I don't trust um, a lot of those people anyway. You know like when they say oh this is the worst movie I ever made and it's like yeah of course you're gonna fucking say that um <laughs> but like yeah i've seen a lot of people say that they like it and um like you just said it i know uh uh daniel epler stated that uh, he really liked it um brandon schusnake stated he liked it a lot um I, I think it's just like because uh it's it's understood that that's exactly what he was going for like he essentially like like he is like the, the biggest Monsters fan, like like one of his most well-known songs is Dracula. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, like, like, of course, this guy loves the monsters, and uh, like he, he basically just wanted to make uh an extended episode of the Monsters. Um and uh I, I mean, all power to him, you know what I'm saying? Like I know Pat I, I spoke to Patrick uh yesterday and he watched it and he was more or less i would say indifferent like he 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 completely disagreed with everyone who was saying it's the worst movie ever but uh he didn't think it was that great either he said it's fine you know it's 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 fine (laughs) i i i I don't hate i don't love it but i don't hate it you know is he he just thought it was fine but uh, i definitely want to check it out i definitely want to check it out because i want to you know obviously you know form my own opinion on it you know but uh, but I I do like what I'm seeing in regards to the visuals because yeah like you said that he he originally wanted to do it in black and white but they wouldn't allow that so he went in a completely opposite direction made made it like like vivid colors into it and like I, I think it was Brandon who would put up some screenshots of like scenes in it where like with like you the 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 color scheme was like most apparent and it's like oh yeah this is gorgeous looking mm-hmm. you know that this is yeah. this is this is wild looking and it's like i i'm i'm completely into shit like that obviously you know what i'm saying that um as you know for when we talk about uh our love of sensor which is basically the same thing just like visually okay. stunning <laughs> and re- very colorful and all that stuff and it's like that yeah I, I love i love movies that have that kind of look you know like bright vivid and neon colors and that stuff so it's like I'm definitely going to check it out probably tomorrow like at the time of this recording I would probably give it a spin tomorrow um but I am interested in seeing because I I do want to check it out because you know it's yeah the the in regards to the trailer like I think the trailer was unfinished they put an unfinished trailer up
0: because <laughs> it uh, feels like yeah 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 like some <laughs>
1: somebody just hastily threw that trailer together with what they had and it's like, I think uh, there, there wasn't even like uh, audio done for it. Like you could hear like onset audio, not like ADR. Um, so like everybody's levels are different. Mm-hmm. uh and and like yeah somebody just threw that shit together because it's like we got a movie that's coming out in like a month or two and, and, and <laughs> we, we need we a trailer have, yeah we had we need a trailer we have nothing to show for it so it's like you just, just throw something together just take some miscellaneous <laughs> scenes and just stick them together and shit and just put it out there and like yeah that's the worst thing you could do because everybody's like <laughs> oh no but it's like what what did like what did like yeah, it's like what did they expect you know like did, did you, I guess because it's Rob Zombie and shit, it's like, there's that thing, you know, because he's mostly known for his horror pictures, but it's like, did you want him to do like a, a dark, <laughs> scary monsters? Like you would have been like whining about that, pitching about that. Like, oh, look, he took the monsters and he made it scary and R-rated and all that stuff. But like, no, he does like a genuine, sincere adaptation of uh the, the material and you're still pissed like so it's like that, that that man is damned if he does damned if he doesn't you know so I'm just like yeah you know I, I I'm definitely gonna check it out because I'm I'm really interested in seeing how I how I take to it but um yeah I, I I feel like a lot of people are just being I I think he's still um paying for the sins he committed when uh, he made his two Halloween movies
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he uh he's got people that will hate him no matter what he does like I'm in these, like, random Facebook horror groups, which I feel like I should leave all the time because they're just negative. <laughs> and it's like, anytime he comes up, it's like, it's a lightning rod. Like, you cannot even say his name without people coming in going, he's the worst. He's the worst director ever. He sucks. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's so many people that just hate him outright. Um, ah, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. I don't know. Um done a few things I don't like, but most I, most of his stuff I'm I'm into. So, And I do like that he has, like, the distinct style for the for the most part like you know it's a rob zombie movie most of the time so um yeah i don't know i hope you like it it's kind of one of those things like it's almost like giving someone a dessert and they might be like this is a little too rich you know what i mean this is like this is a little too much like um because he's really pouring it on there's some corny jokes like i mean it's just but it's i don't know it's just you got to get in the spirit of it it's goofy um so i don't know i had a good time with it so i hope you like it when you check it out but um yeah i think that was yeah, that was all I had to bring up. So um, I guess we get into Prince of Darkness, which right before we started recording, I had realized, wait a minute, this came out in 87. It's 2022. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think it's celebrating a 35th anniversary. And I looked it looks up and we're a little bit early, but it's uh, October 23rd. 87 was when this came out. Oh, so. nice. Yes, which I forgot to mention on the Lost course episode. It was 35th anniversary. We'd already it passed. It was in the summer, but uh, I was I got to remember this time. That's 35th anniversary. So, um, yeah. No, don't, of- feel,
1: don't 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 <laughs> don't feel bad about doing this stuff like that at all. Because uh, I recently did a uh, guest on my buddy Scott Wiley's show, The Action Addicts, where uh, he invited me on to talk about uh, Blood Fist, the the first Blood Fist. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Of of <laughs> course, you know now I'm now me being uh, basically the official Blood Fist expert. And uh, he released uh, the episode this this with uh, this past Monday that just passed, and um, uh, or was it? It was sometime this week. My memory's hazy. Um, but uh, the the official like thirty third anniversary of the the release of the film was last week. And he was like oh if i had known that i, I was released it early i was like no don't, don't feel bad i forgot about it too and i'm the fun, and i'm the bloodfist guy
0: <laughs> oh it's hard to keep up with all these these anniversaries but i knew the year and we're very close to hitting the actual like anniversary dead-on so i was happy about that but uh yeah uh, it's funny too because i don't think in almost 100 episodes doing the show that we i don't think we've done a full like episode on a John Carpenter movie I know he's come up obviously I don't I mean I to come up in like some lists or some rankings or but po- but like I don't think of whole which is crazy because he's one of my favorite directors he's got to be uh ah, he's t- top 10 for sure maybe top five um he's really up there for me because he has an insane like just line of like hits he's got one of those great director's runs um that's just it's like just bananas <laughs> and like um And, yeah, so Prince of Darkness, I I don't know why. I think I just was throwing ideas out. I can't how we came to this one. But um, this one is one that I just saw for the first time a few years ago. And, like, I think I appreciate it more every time I see it. So I don't know your history with the movie, but I'm kind of curious, like, if you came to it later or you've, like, lived with it for a really long time or where you at with Um, this one?
1: (laughs) Um, I... If I remember correctly, I saw this in, I would say, my early teens, like maybe 13, uh, could be be maybe even before that. Um, It was on, uh, my parents had it on uh, VHS Um, and not the actual VHS. They recorded it uh, off of, uh, I think, another tape because, um, (laughs) so We we had there and I I was this was when I was getting into my John Carpenter phase, Um, I was already an immense fan of Halloween, uh, The Thing, uh, Escape from New York and LA. Uh, What else did I love from Carpenter? Big Trouble Little China, obviously. Um, The Fog. So like, I was like, oh, and especially They Live. I was was gung ho for They Live um, in my early teens. And uh, I uh, knew he had directed Prince of Darkness, and then discovered that it, it had uh, my parents had it in their vast uh, VHS collection. So uh, I, I watched it, and um, yeah, I was I was I, I may not have been super into it the first time I watched it. Um, I was like, this, this this is good, you know, but I like uh, other other stuff from him better. But as the years have gone on, like to to, to now, this is become one of my favorite films from him. Like uh, this is like, I, I would say maybe like in the top 10, uh, like around around that point, like, you know, the, obviously there's stuff I still like better, like uh, The Thing, uh, uh, Escape from New York, uh, Big Trouble Over China, you know, oh like all that stuff, but Prince of Darkness is pretty damn close. Like it, I, if I had to say, I would, I would say like number six, on, on my list of his films. Oh wow! Okay. Mm-hmm. Like if if you if you ask me, uh, like maybe next week I probably say it's number five. But you know, what I'm saying <laughs> because because you know, like doing yeah. lists like that is, is 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 hard because it's like it, it, it's it's based entirely on your mood. It's like how you feeling about it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> like you know, you could say it's like number uh, six today, and then tomorrow will be like number five or four. It's just like you know how how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I this is one of my favorite films from 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 John. like, um spe- specifically for the fact that uh, I like what he's doing in this one, um where obviously this was made at a point in time where he'd kind of given up working for the big studio system because he's gotten, you know, got run ragged through that, you know, after the failure which which is still boggles my mind that the, it was a failure of the thing. And, you know, he kind of, you know, he did uh, Christine and then Starman, which is another favorite of mine. I love Starman mm-hmm. uh, and Big Trouble Little China. And then like after the failure of Big Trouble Little China, like he kind of just went back to his independent roots and made this and they live. And uh, I like, you know, where he's like he's, he's working with less money again, but like he has full creative control. And like he puts th- together this wild ass idea of like uh, um, um, science versus the supernatural, like kind of almost like um, uh, like almost like in uh, going farther than what like Ghostbusters did because Ghostbusters did the same thing. But like Ghostbusters, like their science is like, like no science at all. It's just like movie <laughs> science. Yeah. But like in, in, in this, he's using actual science because uh, he was into like that neurophysical neuro, uh, or whatever stuff and shit. Like, I'm, I'm not even gonna try to, to make it sound like I understand uh, the, the science of it all. Like, I almost wish my friend uh, Erica Wright was here because she's into that stuff. And I remember uh, we did, when I used to do uh, the House of Screams horror podcast, um, they, this was uh, Prince of Darkness did come up on uh, that one. We did talk about it. That's also the episode I ruined by uh, my numerous mentions of old.
0: Um, <laughs> oh that was that was the episode okay i forgot it that was, was that was, yeah that was the episode like uh
1: that it was it was that one where i i had just seen old the the night prior so i was really giddy on that and candy wanted to talk about prince of darkness and i just wanted to talk about the movie about the beach that makes you old and uh <laughs> she's still pissed about it and like, that was over a year ago but uh but uh mm. erica like she was into that stuff and um she 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 was like you know really just uh, nailing how uh, like like exactly what Carpenter was going for and even taking it a little bit further and it's like it was one of those things I was just watching her talk about it and shit and I'm just like I'm, I feel like I, I'm like one of the uh, the scenes with uh, they're watching Victor Wong teach to them like and oh, it's yeah. like she's doing the same thing and it's like. It's, I wish, you know, like, I kind of wish she was here and shit so she could do that now and shit, so I would sound less stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like So I'm not even going to try to, like, fucking uh, uh, sound as smart as her. <laughs> I, was but gonna like, say, I don't <laughs>
0: get it either, so I, I, I can't help. I'm just going like, <laughs> to, like, it all sounds smart, John. It's, like, <laughs> good script. But yeah, like, yeah,
1: uh, but she, she completely got it and shit, so she was all, like, this is why this is one of her favorite movies, because she completely got everything he was talking about. And so I'm just, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I wish
0: you were here again to make sense of it because uh, I was I was fucking up that episode <laughs> the whole well, time. <laughs> it's it's funny, you, say, you know what's funny about it? I think I like it a lot because I don't quite understand what's going on. I can't quite make sense of it mm-hmm. because I think that makes it so much scarier to me. You know what I mean? It's like, right. this is, I think, John Carpenter's like weirdest, most esoteric movie because it it's such a, like kind of bizarre concept. It's one of those movies like when, like you're like, oh, how could the thing fail? Like I agree, like, but how, this movie I kind of understand how it could fail commercially because it's like kind of a hard sell. And like when you get into it, I imagine audiences were like scratching their heads. Like, cause I was the first time I was kind of like, what what's going on? But I was into it because it, it has this like creepy vibe throughout almost the entire movie. I feel like it gets it from the, from the get go till the very last second. It has this vibe or something is is off and I, yeah. I i will say this right off the, the not to bury a lead because I, I think it's his scariest movie mm-hmm. i i think like in the mouth of madness is like a close second i think it's scary for like just a visceral like holy shit that's a terrifying monster this movie like gets under my skin worse than like more than anything else that he ever did because it's just so weird. I don't understand what I'm even like, what's going on. You know, I can't comprehend it. So um I I think that's funny because the whole not getting it thing actually kind of makes me like it more and more scared of it.
1: <laughs> right. No, well, well, that's, that's, that makes perfect sense because it's like, I think that's the whole point of the movie where it's like, we're completely logical people like who who, who work mm. on, you know, just complete other logic and like what they believe to be the real world um, where like nothing fanciful can happen, you know, fantastical. And then like they are forced to confront that. You know, there's that scene, uh, which I really love, uh, between uh, Jameson Parker and Victor Wong, where he's trying to like get answers from Victor Wong, like what the hell is happening? And he's telling him like, you know, the, 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 the giant vial of green goo is basically formatting when, when when it shouldn't be like you know like what the hell is happening, and he presents them to like you know the translations from the 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 ancient book that's uh, in the the basement, and Jameson Parker is reading it and you see him go through a list of emotion like like just mo- emotions like what and then like you know like it's like confusion amusement and then like complete another uh, disbelief where it's like. He's like this is crazy but like it's not like it's it's a dismissive statement but it's not like he's not saying it dismissively what he's saying is mm-hmm. like he's trying to convince himself that this is a crazy thing but of like at that point it makes too much sense as he continues to read it and like so mm-hmm. it's just like this is crazy like like right you know what i'm saying like almost like he could have follow it with a right and it would have made sense but it, it's just like I, I I shouldn't believe this, but it's it makes too much sense not for it to actually be happening. You know, so it's like, and what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> are, are are we dealing with something otherworldly here? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, they they would have easier believed it if it were like aliens, because you know, aliens. Um, but like, no, they're presented with the fact that. Uh, the, the heavens and the earth are real, but like it, it exists on a, um, a biological level with a you know uh, this this vial of just green slime just sitting in the basement, and it's just like, like that's scary. Like when you when you know you feel like you have um, an idea, like you know just uh, of how the world works. And then you're confronted with something that was just like, uh, uh, uh-uh, there's something else going on here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're dead smack in the middle of it. You know? And, like, it's our job to figure out, like, what the hell do we do? And it's just like, oh! Okay, we're fucked. (laughs) You know what
0: I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because, like, another Carpenter movie, like, Halloween, Michael Myers, like, especially in the first one, he's like, he's a guy that you can fight, you know? Like, you know, this is, like, stuff that's beyond... Comprehension. It's this is because it's like some, you know, thing with like we're talking about the devil, the essence of the devil, I guess, taking the form of this green liquid and trying to release his father, the father of the devil, who's like the anti-god or anti-matter. And it's like some heavy, like heady shit. It's like how do you? What's like what do you do to stop this? You know, it's like people getting turned into zombies all around you. It's like you can't exactly like stab a coat hanger in, in the eye here. This is like you know, this is like stuff where it feels so, so much bigger than the people involved with it. Like it's so far beyond them that it's like, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably curl up on a ball and be like, well, we're fucked. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I was like, guys, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I'm just going to hide.
1: No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And it does operate on that same level of Halloween because it's just that, that fear of the unknown. I mean, in Halloween, the unknown is personified in Michael Myers and the fact that, you know. And then like the, the sequels fucked it all up, you know, because they try to explain everything. But right, Carpenter, right. <laughs> had it, Car, Carpenter had it right from the beginning where it's like it, it's 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 scarier because we don't know why he's doing the things he he does. Like, you know, there's this like when, when you, in, in real life, when you see like a, an unfortunate, tragic, awful situation happen and like, you know, the news crew, you know, would just be like, you know, just. Assholes about it, and shove a microphone in a camera, and like, um, uh, uh, maybe a relative of the victim, and like, oh, like if you could speak to this person right now, like you know the 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 person who murdered your loved one, what would you say to them? And it's like, I just want to know why, and that's the scariest thing, you know, saying when you don't know why, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 like when it's just like, why did this happen? You know, and it's just when you, it's scary when it, it just it just did you know there there was no motive there was no rhyme or reason it just happened and it's like like in and, and this operates on the same level because it's like like I was saying you have people who are studying to basically be scientists and they believe they have uh every you know everything figured out you know what I'm saying right. like you know, <laughs> this is the way the world works and all that stuff and then uh you know they, they confronted with th- this whole thing where it's like it's it's religious but it's also um combined with the their, their logical brains and it just like uh you know it, it just completely just just shatters their whole perception you know and it's just that's the scariest thing where it's just like i i, I thought I, I everything i everything i knew is basically a lie mm-hmm. you know Where it's like and, and and that's just scary where it's just like it's just completely pulling the rug out from under you as far as your beliefs and you know and like yeah that's more i think more terrifying than anything else it's just you know discovering there's a whole section of the world and reality that you know you you never knew about that's just existed for even before you know you you lived or your parents lived it was just this ancient thing and it's just like uh like this is this has been going on and all that stuff and it's just like I've, I'm coming into this world and shit, they're thinking I know everything and I know nothing, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, and it's just like, you know, what do I do now? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm basically going up against something that is beyond uh, anything I could have imagined. Like, you know, like he's early in the movie, Jameson Parker is watching uh, like a documentary on the supernova. And it's like, even that, where it's like, what you're confronting is, exists beyond that. You know saying like at, at the creation before like anything like related to that like you know even before the big bang the heavens and the earth you know these kind of things uh existed and that's a terrifying notion to to take into you know just your mind where it's like wow like i am I'm, I'm really out of my league here you know <laughs> and, right. and i i'm the one that has to like you know they're the ones who has to basically stop this and it's just like Holy shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck am I gonna do?
0: (laughs) And they're basically trapped in this building with it. And it's like, if we don't do this, it's like, it's at the end of the world, you know? Like, that's it's like everything you know being wrong is pretty scary and pretty jarring. And then, like, also the fact they're all scientists or involved in science, like, you know, you want to find answers or explain things or. I, this is like you I, beyond <laughs> explaining When it's like yeah the devil's in that green slime and uh if his he comes back and his dad comes back it's the end of the world basically um it's like how do you how do you reckon with that it's like <laughs> you know it's like the religion and science smashing together is also pretty interesting like from carpenter that's another whole idea of like religion and science coming together and and know he's got like some quantum physics stuff in here i don't you know way beyond me I don't understand but like I think I think I was talking about like um, somebody in the caster crew crew uh, had the script it was like was it maybe you should like pare it down to like more general ideas like keep your ideas but don't explain them as much or don't go into as much detail because first of all no one's gonna understand it and second of all be more effective because like we get enough of it we, we get it you don't got to go into like 20 minute explanation on, <laughs> on quantum physics or anything which is probably a smart move because it, give, it, it gives you enough to be interested but it doesn't overload you and then it also keeps it kind of mysterious because you don't fully know what's going on
1: <laughs> no yeah 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 he, he doesn't beat you over the head with it you know it's he he presents it matter of factly but you know he still remembers that yeah we're making a horror picture here you know this is not a science movie this is a scary movie so it's like <laughs> it's it's not going to be like you know total complete gibberish to the general public you know like you're like yeah we're, we're talking uh science and quantum physics but you know we also got alice cooper looking like a zombie with the um <laughs> Like a like the wheel impaler thing that he has you know that was his own prop from his stage show. i was
0: gonna say it was a bit from his own show apparently
1: <laughs> like yeah yeah uh, he, he, he brought it in to like you know like hey can i use this in a movie and Carpenter was like yeah sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> and apparently alice cooper just he even played in the movie he just showed up to like watch something or an effect be done and then and somehow then they talked and he was like, Why don't you be in the movie? <laughs> and it's like, um, I love his stuff. His stuff is scary too, with him and all like the other homeless people outside, and like this, this blank kind of silent zombie guard who are like kind of keeping him, uh, keeping him in. And uh that scene, I think it's the first death in the movie with the guy with the glasses, yeah, goes in that alley and then yeah, gets like you said, stabbed by the, the bike wheel. <laughs> it's like it's just he's cornered by these like creepy zombies right away, and they keep popping up throughout the movie like led by alice cooper um and yeah i, I love his little part because it's again like another weird wrinkle and like what are these people doing here why are they like this what's going on like um just another weird wrinkle that are enjoy.
1: <laughs> no yeah I, I i love like the whole like little cult of homeless people that uh are chilling around this old abandoned church and uh <laughs> basically keep them trapped inside uh like one of my favorite moments in the movie is that uh jameson parker's character brian uh, brian march like so i just won't keep calling him uh jameson parker or <laughs> or one of the simons from simon and simon um like he, he said i'm gonna go out uh you know try to get some help and uh like they're just standing there and the minute he touches the ground they pounce on him I was like, oh, shit, got to go back inside now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that, this was a no go. Like, this should not have been attempted. You know, And like <laughs> he, he has to hurry up and climb back inside and shit before uh, he gets uh, impaled by Alice Cooper's uh, wheel thingy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's
0: like wheel of death. There. Yeah, yeah, like as soon as you try to get the building they're that they're on you from every direction, it's terrifying. And like, um, yeah, I, well, I was going to you brought him up. So I'm going to ask you because I've the criticism I've heard in the past of this movie, one criticism is that like, people think it might work better if they I, they don't like Jameson Parker basically they think he's not a, a great lead I think I've heard the ideas like if you put like Tom Atkins in there who's like a carpenter regular people think it might work better um I don't dislike Jameson Parker in the movie at all I think he does some good especially near the end I think he does some pretty good work but like he's kind of just kind of there. It's kind of, I'm neutral on him basically. So I don't know if you like him in the movie or just, you're kind of like, it's whatever, or cause that's one thing I've heard level against the movie is they wish like there was a better lead than James or Jameson Parker. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I disagree. I, I like him. I, I think it's the fact that his character is just bland, uh, hero guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's also a bit of a dweeb, um, uh, like, like, like his, like all this, all his setup stuff, like how he's, uh, he's into a uh, Lisa Blount's character, and uh, like he he has a crush on her, and like you know he wants to date her and all that stuff, and then like you know she dates him, and then like, uh, like all that stuff is like makes him seems like 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 a dweebo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and then like you know he's just you know just straight up you know the the hero guy but like when when he has moments where he shows like a bit of humanity i think he excels at that like um like i was saying earlier that the scene where he's confronted with uh like you know just just this unbelievable thing and like he's trying to almost convince himself that um that this can't be real but like he does a, like a pretty fantastic job like going through the motions and doing like very quickly but very subtly like where well, you almost don't even realize he's doing it if, if if you're not really paying attention to it, but like like just the way he just like conveys confusion, amusement, and then just complete disbelief in this. it's just like this. I'm I'm not believing this, you know. And I find those moments well, like also his moments with Lisa Blount are great. Um, I love that moment like where uh, they. I guess go on a date or stuff. And uh, we just see them in bed together, like in the very next cut. Like, hey, let's go out for some <laughs> coffee. Okay. And then, like, you know, the next morning they're in bed. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I to oh.
0: say, it's almost like a boredom, like a smash cut. To like, them in bed. I feel like you're talking about like going out. And then it's like, boom, in bed. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Jameson Parker, you, uh, <laughs> you must yeah. have some game. He's like, you got it. Like, because they feel like they barely even. They've had a couple interactions at that boy, but then, like, I don't think she's ever that into him. And then, oh, they I guess she was into it because,
1: right, right, you know. yeah, like, like they, they're they, they they share a class together, and uh, that's why he's into her. And uh, like, they they go out for a talk, and he kind of fucks that up, uh, by by you know, um, trying to tell a, a joke that just doesn't work, you know, and uh, he's like, oh, like, you know, um, uh, I, I'm sorry, you know, that stuff, and then like, you know, he waits for her to get out of the class, which is you know uh in this day and age it's kind of creepy in hindsight that yeah. he's just, <laughs> he's just that too. yeah yeah he's just hiding behind a tree just waiting for her to get out of class and it's like you're borderline stalker dude you know um but you know uh he's like hey like you, you want to go out and get some coffee and she's just like okay and then like uh, oh i guess they fucked you know what i'm saying um <laughs> but uh i i do like the moment afterwards where it's like like he he's going to tell her something. She's like, you know, don't don't tell me. And it's like uh, you know, uh, he's asking her, like, you know, like basically he says, um, what was the line? He said, Who was he? The 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 man who gave like the, the person who gave you such a strong opinion of man. And she was just like, you know, I just don't want any of us to jump into conclusions. And he's like, How do you know I was gonna say what you think I was gonna say? And she's like, Cause if you because if, if you weren't, I don't want to know. And it's like, wow, they fell for each other fast. Like basically telling each other, I love you without telling each other, I love you. And right. I was <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I like that moment. You know, I like that moment because it's a nice little uh, moment of, you know, uh you know just romanticism between the two of them even though it's like i, I don't know how that works because this is super fucking fast for them to be falling in love with each other but it, it's a nice moment between the two of them that carpenter wrote because i i do i do like the dialogue in that scene and i think they uh both uh jameson parker and lisa blount uh did a really good job you know conveying that you know this kind of like two people who who already have strong feelings for each other but they don't want to you know uh, like i guess you know kind of want to pace themselves so so it, they're they're not at the point where it's like it like suffer like burnout real fast like you right. know <laughs> like, cuz i like you and i like me but like you know let's let's give it a chance for us to like to see where this goes before we rush into anything you
0: right. know and, <laughs> and and
1: i and i like that stuff because that's you know nice human interaction you know right before we get into the you know, uh green goo and uh uh Beatles and um multiple stabbings and all that stuff in the rest <laughs> of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh there there's I mean yeah I, I do like their relationship together. I think I like her a little more than I like him, but um I'm not yeah. super anti Jameson Parker. I just, I know I've heard that in the past. I just had to ask somebody else. it was like, what do you think? I, um I, anyway.
1: I will I will I will say though that I, I'm always, every time I re- return to this movie, I'm always unnerved and annoyed by the fact that his mustache is uneven. <laughs> he
0: has an unnerving mustache. He's got, like one, it is, he, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, one side is longer than the other, and that always bugs the fuck out of me. It's like, did no one tell this man his mustache was uneven? He shot a whole movie with a lopsided mustache. Like one, one stops by the lip right here and the other one goes beyond the lip and, and it's just, it looks, it, it just annoys me, you know, as, <laughs> as, 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 as someone who deals with facial hair, like, you know, and I like to keep mine uh, up, it, it bothers me that, you know, this man is basically the hero of the movie with, with an uneven mustache. It, <laughs>
0: it, it just bugs me. Yeah, that's gonna really bother me whenever we watch this movie because I I don't know if I noticed it. It's, oh man, I'm looking at pictures now. And I'm like, oh my god, Rob's right. <laughs> He's got this uneven mustache. Um, that's all I'm gonna see now. It's just a mustache just floating away from my head, just uneven. um, but, <laughs> um I was gonna say yeah. Before I mean, because there's so you said before we get all the disturbing stuff. There's a lot of disturbing imagery. I was this today. I was really like, wow, this is scary ass scene with oh i don't remember his name or uh um he's out in the parking lot who's the guy who's out in, like the parking lot of a building at night and all the bugs the beetles kind of crawl up on him but then they go back and see him later and he's just he looks like he, a person but he's saying like He's fucked up though, but <laughs> he's just like just pray for death, which is a terrifying thing to say to anybody. And then he just starts falling apart as the bugs basically were using him as like a human puppet. And like arm falls off, head falls off. Like, um, the way Carpenter shoots it is like I terrified. And like what's the implication of what he's saying to them is like like I don't know, horrifying. I mean, there's that. There's poor, poor Kelly, I think her name is Susan Blanchard. Like the, the effect they do on her, she's like degrading like oh, yeah. she looks terrifying <laughs> like it's amazing makeup because it looks disgusting like it looks like it just it looks pain it looks painful like she has like open sores on her face and like yeah. it this he man there's some fucked up stuff in this movie and uh yeah it really it gets under my skin big time
1: <laughs> yeah like her whole body is a complete open sore yeah and like it's... you know yeah like the skin is basically falling off and all that stuff and it's like bubbling up and it's like she's just almost one complete open sore and, and like you know and uh that that scene in the, in the parking lot is is my favorite scene in the movie um the characters i think his name is uh winheim um a okay. yeah
0: and
1: uh if, if i remember correctly uh he was actually the, the the guy who was in charge of the makeup effects on set um okay. mm-hmm. so it, it, it made sense that he had the most complicated makeup effect when <laughs> his his body falls apart um but right before uh he gets murdered uh he's out in the parking lot by himself and uh he sees um one of one of the the characters whose name is escaping me i think it's uh, susan uh yeah I, yeah yeah the she's she's standing up on top she's already been turned into like a, a mm-hmm. zombie and uh one of the homeless ladies comes out and just like basically uh um shower scene from psychosis ass um <laughs> like just re- repeatedly stabs him like just like again and again and again but right before that um he's having a discussion with two of his colleagues and like you know he's like yeah let's get out of here this is this is bullshit. and it was like no like you know this is interesting let's go back and uh he says uh, one of my all-time favorite lines in a movie where he goes uh you're out of your minds this is a joke this is caca and, and, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line so much oh. <laughs> it is the funniest shit ever and the way he delivers it is beautifully like right before he gets murdered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are like his last words. I forgot right, he right? this is caca. Like wow that's Yeah, that's a weird weird choice
1: (laughs) those are those are truly his last words this is Kaka, because he gets murdered right after that but um (laughs) i I do i do love the way carpenter shot that scene where like he basically falls apart because it's almost like he's still in the 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 parking lot but it's almost like a a complete other black void that he's standing in
0: yeah like you can't see
1: anything else he's just standing in a black void hello and it's like his voice is all distorted and yeah the distorted is, voices Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah like he's got like the the, the gray tone skin and his eyes are black and like you can see like the skin is breaking up too and it's like uh uh i have what ways to say i have something to tell you and you're not gonna like it <laughs> pray for death and then he just breaks apart and, and like you know all like yeah all the uh, bugs start pouring out of him there's a lot of fucking, like yeah like a lot of gross imagery like that like there's the like beetles and there's worms and there's maggots and then there's ants and it's like yeah the carpenter really had a bug fetish in this fucking movie
0: <laughs> like like just gross as fuck <laughs> yeah they are a lo- they're all over the place it's like different kinds of bugs popping up all the place uh is there a moment in the movie that you can pinpoint is like the scariest thing to you or what unnerves you the most
1: um with uh I mean, like it's like you said, like the whole movie is kind of unsettling from the get go, and it's just like the way he intros it, um, like uh, with um, like you know, like the the the, the opening credits play over like the first eight minutes of the movie because it's in, you know in a cut between. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kept
0: forgetting that. I was like, oh, there's still more credits, right? Like we're doing, <laughs> we're giving us little bits and pieces, and then credits pop back, and yeah, it's interesting the, the way he does it. Yeah. Um, like, yeah
1: like you know because it has that you know patented carpenter font um yes, yeah <laughs> but like and you know like you know when carpenter does intros like you know like his, his opening credits just play regularly but like yeah it's just this is just pl- like intercut with like you know character interactions and um uh where we get introduced to donald pleasance um what's his name father
0: loomis uh i believe it's Something funny because like- i was trying to think of that but i to he's just credited as priest. Really priest, yeah. I
1: I <laughs> you know sometimes <laughs> shit happens, like maybe I'm uh like Mandela effect, I'm misremembering it. Um, but uh if I could pinpoint one scene that probably unsettled me the most was uh um the scene where uh Walter uh played by Dennis Dun, the great Dennis Dunn from uh uh Big Trauma Little China. Yes, yeah <laughs> where where um like, everything is starting to fall apart and he runs back into the room to uh to, to to see uh what's her name on laying on the bunk and then sees that the fluid is admitting itself pouring itself onto the ceiling and then just basically swishing over and just basically uh, flooding into her mouth you know and oh, yeah. i i, I, I yeah, I, that scene like creeps me out because I think it's it's the way Carpenter shot it because it's like it's dark, but it's not in complete darkness. So it like it creates the right set of mood. And like the way he's just like he he walks in and he's paranoid, and then he just like in complete another stunned, silent shock is just like like what the fuck is happening? Because it's pouring is like the fluid is pouring up. It's, it's shooting directly into the ceiling, and then it's like swishing over and then just like like flooding almost like a like a like a like a uh, a waterfall into her 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 mouth and all that stuff and it's just like like completely unnatural thing and he's just like what the hell is happening and then like you know the way the camera pans around and uh susan is standing there and and, and just scares the shit out of him, and it's like <laughs> I, I i actually that's probably my favorite uh directed sequence in the film you know by carpenter i i thought he like he really just ratcheted up the suspense incredibly well in that moment right there. And like it, it, it's there's a lot of moments of great suspense, like the the climax of the film, too, is just like wild. And in, in it's, uh, you know, tension, like, especially with the fact like, you know, uh, uh, spoilers for it, where <laughs> um, like everybody's having their battle, you know, stuff like they're fighting with the the zombies in, in one room and James Parker is fighting with a, a zombie in the hallway. And uh, Lisa Villano, she wants to help Jameson Park, but she sees that uh, they're they, they like they're going to pull the anti-God through the mirror into the real world. And you know, she realizes she has to make this decision. And, you know, uh, and then it's just like, what do I do, you know what I'm saying? I want to help him, but it's like, the world is literally about to fucking end right in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she makes the ultimate sacrifices and, um, uh, like in order to like you know stop this she ends up falling into the 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 other realm herself through the mirror where um donald pleasance uh closes it by shattering the mirror and basically trapping her on the other side uh fortunately i mean i would say forever but uh that fucking lap final shot in the movie um where you lose all sympathy for jameson parker and because it's like you're a fucking idiot dude like don't do that <laughs> i i know you loved her but don't, don't, don't try to play along with the, uh, you know, with the powers of like the other world, and just <laughs> you're going to end us because you you like this girl a lot. No, dude, just just move on, please.
0: Don't kill us yeah, all. You guys are chess mad. There'll be other people. Like there'll be other <laughs> like yeah, I know there you're are other some...
1: there are other fish in the sea. Exactly. Come on, dude.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> do. You, yeah, I mean, glad like you said spoilers. I feel like people uh, I, I knew that by now. But yeah, I the I feel so bad for Lisa Blood because yeah, it's like uh i mean she has to make that decision because i feel like at that point she's the only one that can at the point to stop it yeah. uh and then it's like haunting when they show her getting like pulled away further into like the darkness or the void or the abyss whatever you want to call it like her hand is still reaching out and then yeah Donald yeah that
1: that, that that shot like that's cut you off but that shot is so haunting you know because like she's reaching out like she's in like you know the dark abyss and like you know like she goes through and uh, Donald Pleasance throws the ax to like close it, you know, shatter the mirror. And you see her reaching out, like trying to get back as the lights go off, basically closing her in there forever. And that one shot right there as she's reaching out, like to get back and like, you just see the lights flicker before it, like completely shut off on her. It's is, like incredibly fucking haunting. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that vision right there sits with me. It really sits yeah. with me. Like that is such a <laughs> like incredibly haunting shot.
0: And then my mind starts racing about like, well, what the hell is gonna happen? Or she is she gonna suffer for like an eternity? Is she dead right away? (laughs) Like, what like what is she in for now? Like, I my mind it's like it just seems bad. Whatever's gonna happen, (laughs) so yeah. uh, And it's yeah, that shot is so good with like, she's reaching out and like, it's like screaming. I can tell she's screaming. And then like then like oh nope the the door is closed now. You can't you can't get out. And then um. I, I i think i have to cheat i have two but they're very different one's like a straight jump scare and one's like the one that gets into my head uh I will, so what you just said like the jump scare fucking got me so good the first time the end of the movie when jameson parker's like laying in bed and then and then they the way it shoots it's so good because it's like pulled over and it's like lisa blunt all fucked up and then he wakes up from a, a dream but like it just got me so good. i don't know why i didn't expect it. i should have seen it coming i feel like but the way that it's just like I think he shoots so well and reveals so good that I just don't expect her to be there, <laughs> and she looks terrifying, and it's like, oh fuck! And then it's like, okay, it's a dream. But then, he, then he goes to the mirror, and you know, they cut off right before, you know, what's he gonna do? But that jump scare, like, I think I literally got out of my seat. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! Like I just was not uh, ready. But the the my maybe my favorite thing about like the movie, honestly, and there's a lot of things like the movie, uh, the like VHS tape style dreams the the visions from the future is yes. like one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie for some reason. I think it, cause it feels like Carpenter like tapped into some weird, like otherworldly thing. Like the, the the point of view of that church with like, this like cloaked figure at the doorway and just that creepy voice that you know, like are transmission, we're reaching out to you from this year. Like, it feels like, I'm like, wow, well, how the fuck did he come up with this? Or like, how did he, like, I just, it really, really gets under my skin. And I can't even pinpoint exactly why, but I find it so creepy. And like, I'll, I'll just see clips of that little part and I'll be like goosebumps. I'll just get like goosebumps immediately. Cause it just completely freaks me out. And I don't even know why. <laughs>
1: no, no, I, you're not the only person to say that I, I've uh, talked to numerous people over the years who are fans of this movie and they said, and I've seen it online too with people yeah, commenting yeah. <laughs> or reviewing the movie where they say that that scene creeps them the fuck out, you know, like, I mean, and it keeps repeating too, because it's basically, um, uh, transmission that's, uh, um, being projected to, uh, uh, to basically everyone in the church, um, from 1999 to year one nine nine nine. And, uh, like, it's basically a warning, like, you know, this thing is going to happen, you know, and, uh, you, you guys are the only ones that can stop it and it's like but we don't see it in 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 full until the very end when yeah. like it's real that it, the, the image is um revealed to be lisa blount um like you just see it in pieces like as as mo- more people have the dream you see a little bit more of it but you never see the full thing until the very end with like the actual transmission and then we see that uh it, it's her you know and but yeah um what you were saying about the jump scare where carpenter was the king of the jump scares like um I, I think that's what put him over with uh halloween because you know obviously um we talk about halloween as the blueprint of slasher movies but there were slasher movies before like you know black christmas uh texas Change of mask peeping tom you know what i'm saying like you know that whole argument about there were slashing movies before but it's like uh carpenter perfected it you know what i'm saying because he gave us the the patented traditional slash movie structure but also he just filled it with great fucking jump scares you know which made it probably scarier than all of those movie prior you know what i'm saying like there's that jump scare where um uh michael jumps out at bob from the closet and you know pins him to the wall mm-hmm. you know like that that's to me is one of the all-time great jump scares so it's like yeah carpenter Knows how to create a good jump scare, like you know, like like oh, like usually his horror films usually always have one really great jump scare, and the, yeah, the one at the end is a really fucking good one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't even think of too many more. The movie's mostly about like creeping dread type yeah. feeling. Like, there's not really like he's he's I don't know, he's never much on the jump scares. He does jump scares. They they fucking count though. Like he like like they matter. They're memorable they are they're not really ever cheap uh i think Howie might have a couple i'm trying to remember but like um but like yeah his shit. <laughs> like this matters and i don't want the end like got me i gotta tell i gotta tell the story about watching prince darks for the first time it'll probably embarrass myself a little bit but I, it's all right it's a funny story uh so so i had just moved into a new apartment this was like oh, five, six years ago ish and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I just moved everything in. I was like pulling movies off the shelf. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch like a couple big ones and I was seen board. I have the blu-rays. I watched People on Upstairs from *What's Graven and then watched Prince of Darkness. And there I ordered pizza. I'm having a great time. Uh and there but there was a storm coming into my area, like a like a heavy, not like a hurricane, but like a nor'easter type storm was like rolling in and the wind was getting pretty bad and the rain. But I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. And I watched Prince of Darkness never seen it before and uh get through the whole thing that jump scare like legitimately scares the shit out of me uh pop off the couch like it's over credits are literally rolling power goes out <laughs> oh my <laughs> and god and i am by myself in a brand new apartment uh and i'm like holy shit because <laughs> i am i was freaked out after prince of darkness i'm like thank- I-, I just want to wind down watch some cartoons you know but it's like <laughs> you know, those are nice. I was like, now I'm just stuck in like dead quiet, pitch black. I I have no um, flashlights. I just moved in. I have nothing's like set up. I don't have any like, I'm like, fuck, I don't have a flashlight. I don't have any candles. My phone's about to die. I got no, I'm like, fuck this. I'm listen, I'm not good. I'm not too proud to admit this, but I gathered some stuff up. It was, it was pretty late. It was probably like midnight or something. Gathered. My mom and stepdad live about 10 minutes on the road. I gathered some shit up and went out. <laughs> into a stroke. <laughs> I was like, I am not staying here by myself all night in the dark, uh, when I can't sleep and my phone's gonna be dead and I got no lights and no I was like, I'm out of here. I booked it. <laughs> I took off. I was like, uh-uh. Which honestly, not to make myself sound better, I might have done anyway, because I'm one of those weird people who has to sleep with like a fan on and a TV and like I need like all this stuff. And I hate when it's like dead quiet and silent when I'm trying to sleep. I need something, and but it was just so funny because it was literally credits were rolling, power out. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What what have I done? I was like, what have I messed with? Here? So I took off. I was like, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Um, and yeah, I was like, no, no, no. So I, <laughs> that was a very memorable first viewing of Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I i would imagine, you know what I'm saying? And I don't blame you. Yeah, I would've got the fuck out. Yeah. There's, there's, I, uh, nope. Nope. Can't stay. G- gotta nope. go. Fuck this. Yep. I was like, it's only
0: ten minutes. I can I can make it at a nor'easter. It's late. No one's gonna be out. <laughs> roads are empty. But I was just like, uh-uh. I was like, maybe if I had some candles or something, I would stay. But no, no, sir. no uh Um it's just it's funny because now every time I watch it, I'm always like, when it's over, I'm like, power gonna go out, what's gonna happen? <laughs> like, um it's. I mean, it it works. It's so effective. I think. I like. I said before. I really think it's his. To me, it's the scariest movie. Like, um, and he's made some good ones, but it's just like in a in a different way than any of the other ones. I just think it has this like creepy quality. Gets under my skin. Like, sticks with me. It's a whole different kind of thing. And it feels different than like anything else he did. In the Mouth of Madness, I think it's kind of similar. It's all part of that like he calls it the Apocalypse trilogy. New trilogy. Like, thing this and in the mouth of madness um but yeah this is and i know he made this you mentioned this a little bit earlier like he was done with the studio system because they you know they screwed him over and things weren't doing well so he made this independently which was the first time since escape from new york and like three million bucks i think i read something like that and like it didn't do well again. Poor Carpenter. It's like, but then it, it finds a cult following on home video. Again, like He's probably like, every fucking time. He's like, you got, he's like, you don't come to the theater, but then you all rent the team. <laughs> but um, yeah, it. I mean, he does a lot. The effects are pretty great for low budget, but it's like one location. But he uses that one location so well. And I feel like he very carefully stages everything. I noticed like well, he was very uh choosy is the right word but like the way he's doing the scenes and the shots it's very like it's not moving the camera a lot i feel like he's kind of like he's really being strategic about what he shows and how he shows it um yeah it's really i think it's just super effective i just yeah i'm a huge fan of this one
1: <laughs> no yeah like because yeah, carpenter is one of those filmmakers that always knows what he wants before he 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 goes and shoots it he's not like one of those People like just shoots a bunch of shit, like you know, coverage, <laughs> yeah, and then just builds the movie in the editing room. He 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 already knows what he wants by the time he's gonna make this, and he knows exactly how to build mood and create you know mood and atmosphere, which is one of his greatest attributes, you know, as as a filmmaker. And um, I know he did an interview for the Screen factory edition of this i i actually have the steelbook edition of this movie which i cannot find at the moment which is fucked up um i do have uh, the regular uh Blu-ray version of it um where but uh on that the screen factory interview he does for it you know he was like you know that people complain about like it feels slow and he was like you know that's just how we made movies back then you know because that's <laughs> how you build atmosphere he said you know because movies are bebop now he said but that's alright that's okay, it's all good, life is good, but he gives like the shit-eating grin, like, you know, fuck that. <laughs> 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 I also I like that, I, I, I think I remember somebody asking him at a QA, and um, a you know, because this film is uh, set in one location and basically dealing with zombies and people trapped inside, uh, you, you literally have a character who, who looks just like Ben from Night of the Living Dead. Um, and it was like, was he inspired? What were you inspired by? Night of the Living Dead? They're basically, trying to see if would he admit he ripped it off. He was like, "Who the fuck wasn't inspired by Night <laughs> of <the> Living Dead?" <laughs> oh, I
0: guess, yeah. I gotta watch more of his Q and As. He does not give a shit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that's why I love the man. The man says what's on his mind, and he doesn't give a fuck. You know, uh, there's that. There's that one famous uh what was it the interview while he was on the set of halloween that's that keeps going around twitter and i love it every time i see it where uh they're asking him about um what was it uh uh like uh george lucas and steven spielberg and all that stuff and he's like yeah star wars uh was it was a fun movie but who cares and shit and uh I don't think Close Encounters was was great, you know what I'm saying? It was stupid, and it was like, yeah, but I, I I I like you know like Robert Altman. I think Robert Altman is a great filmmaker, and the way he rolls his eyes, like, oh Whoa. yeah, <laughs> he, like I literally use that, you know, like that image of him just in mid eye roll, like you know whenever you know like somebody's on Twitter and I'm just like get the fuck out of here, dude. Like that's perfect. <laughs> That's, you know, Carpenter perfectly captures that. Get the fuck out of here <laughs> what are you talking about. <laughs>
0: uh, I think it makes sense. He Carpenter's just like a, I think economic is the word I've heard. Like he's such a economic filmmaker. Most of the movies are not that long. Like this one, it's funny people call this one slow because I feel like they jump right into it. I feel like it's not that long a movie to begin with. And they, during the credits, we're getting all this information like about what's going on. I don't even know what you could like really cut out. I feel like you know, it's pretty tight. And I feel like it's just building this mystery. You know, it's like uh, you the whole time you're like, well, what the fuck is this thing? What's it gonna do? Um yeah, I'm not I'm never bored by this one. <laughs> like I'm I'm so invested in what's going on and they get you invested like pretty quickly. Like I, I don't know. You could not you could not cut much out of this that I could think of. And it you know I i think it's fine the way it is basically. <laughs>
1: oh no it's perfect the way it is. I I, I think it's just that you know When you have people who who are just coming into it, you know, who are not used to this style of filmmaking where, you know, we're building suspense here, you know, we're building up the characters and, you know, everything comes together in the third act, you know, like that's, you know, typical three act structure, you know, we, we set up characters, we set up the situation and then like, you know, spooky stuff happens and then it all comes together in the third act where like, you know, it's just basically you know and that's you know that's why these movies work you know what i'm saying because we're we're building to that you know that's why like when you call a movie a roller coaster ride people think you know it's all about you know the the dips and turns and it's like yeah but like the longest part of the roller coaster is the build up to the drop you right. know what i'm saying where like the the 2 thirds of the movie is the climb up and then the final third is the drop you know what i'm saying that that's where you experience everything you know and and just audiences are not used to that style so it's like to them it's, it's slow and boring and it's just like shut up shut the fuck up
0: <laughs> oh i just find it so yeah i just find it so intriguing like compared to like extras 2 like i didn't know what was going on i didn't care what's going on like but this one i don't i don't even know what's going on but i do i'm interested in what's going on that's a big difference sure. if you're invested and interested in what's going on you hang around even if you're like i don't fully get <laughs> all the things that are happening but um I think they fill you in enough. Oh, also, sorry, before I forget, I know you mentioned the Carpenter Q&A. Did you see the clip recently where, I can't believe someone even ask this to him. Somebody in a oh. Q&A was like, uh, I think he just said, escape from LA. What the fuck happened or something? And, like, why would you, t- you, you get a chance to talk to John Carpenter. That's what you want to say to him. But then John Carpenter skips the finger and says, fuck yours." <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I, oh, I definitely, I definitely share, uh, like saw that and I share that like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, like you're getting the opportunity to talk to a master of filmmaking such as John Carpenter. He's blessing you with his time. You know, we all know he'd rather be at home uh, playing video games and smoking cigarettes or watching Lakers Um, or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, he's there, you know, he's blessing you with his time and you, you ask him, stupid-ass question like that. You motherfucker, you. I know. You know, like, like, yeah, he was, like, the question was, like, you know, Escape from New York was a cool, good movie. So what what, what happened with Escape from L.A.? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, yes. And also, I, I fully agree with that because I actually like uh, uh, Escape from L.A. I know not many people do, but I actually really like,
0: I actually saw Escape from L.A. before I saw Escape from New York. Me too. Me too. It was, a, it was an HBO staple. I swear they had like this package of Carpenter films that was like Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghost from Mars. When I was like, and they'd play all three of them a lot. And I saw that way before I saw Escape from New York. I think more of Escape from L.A. works than it doesn't work. Like I, I now I like New York better, but I still have a soft spot for Escape from L.A. I think I mean, some of the effect stuff is bad and he's admitted that like the problems with that are just what they are. But like, I think it's fun. I, I enjoy that movie more than probably most people do so
1: right and, and i remember talking about this with patrick uh, a while ago that um i i appreciate the ending of uh la more than i do of new york because I, I feel like the ending of escape from l.a is is pure carpenter you know because oh so, you know yeah <laughs> yeah Car- carpenter has always been forward about his um um his his uh hate- hatred for authority and fascism and all that stuff mm-hmm. and like yeah that that is the perfect uh carpenter ending right there that's basically you know his his middle finger to authority like that is the ultimate middle finger is the ending to escape from la where it's just like fuck you and everything you represent kind of thing (laughs) you know and and and, and i love that i love that you know say so i've always been a big fan of escape from la i I was i was confused too when i finally saw escape from new york because it was like um so it's it's basically the same movie but different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah.
0: Because
1: because yeah, because Escape from LA is almost sort of like a remake of Escape from New York. But like it's now I realize oh, okay I see what you're doing here, at Carpenter. So I I'm on board again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. But but yeah, like yeah, uh, Carpenter has always been one of my favorite. He's he's like um Patrick really loved that I said I said this when the first time I said it to him was um he's one of the four horsemen of horror um with it was him uh Wes Craven uh George Romero and Toby Hooper you know because the 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 four of them are really responsible for horror you know of course uh Romero with Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead as well you know Hooper with the Texas Chaser Massacre uh Craven um with the, the one two with the in the 70s the original one two punch of uh the uh, last last house on the left and the hills of eyes but then of course uh nightmare no street and then carpenter with halloween um and you know carpenters the last one left you know yeah uh yeah and it's just like oh god just stay with us uh, just a little bit longer dude you know I, I i i don't know if i don't know if i could take it when unfortunately we we, we, we are going to reach that time where we will lose him and it's like i i don't know like i was completely just you know bummed over the loss of craven and hooper and romero and stuff but like i don't know if i could take it when we ev- we eventually unfortunately lose carpenter because that man is is so important to me uh as you know me as a film fan you know what i'm saying uh, like his movies have basically shaped my life you know like like I remember vividly watching Halloween and the Thing, you know, over and over and over again as a kid, and then like, like I said, Escape from New York and L.A. and then Starman. That, that's another thing that always bothered me is when people call him like the master of horror, you know, like pigeonholing him. Like you know, you're talking about the guy who made Starman, like right? You know, <laughs> like the, the the guy who made. Uh, Big Trouble Little China and um, uh, uh Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Like this guy's just a master filmmaker. Period. You know, he's a master filmmaker with one of the most incredible runs uh, in history. so He probably had out of the four horsemen, he probably is the one with the best run. Everything from Assault on Precinct Thirteen to They Live, just all fucking bangers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. just. Everything from there, like you know, then after that, uh, you know, he dips with uh, memoirs of an invisible man, Um, and he he kind of rebounds within the mouth of madness, and then like you know, falters a little bit with village of the damned. But I like village of the damned a lot. I I loved it a lot as a kid, and I still enjoy it. Uh, Then vampires was okay. I mean, I I, vampires is my all time favorite uh, vampire movie oh wow but, yeah. yeah but um i can i can understand like you know it's it, compared to his other stuff it's not up to par uh i enjoy ghost of mars but matter of fact we, we
0: talked. i was about gonna say stars. we yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> we did talk about this before, like a, yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah we talked about <laughs> uh how, how we enjoyed ghost of mars and all that stuff and like <laughs> that, that that's another one where it's like it's 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 not as great as his other stuff but it's a fun time and then and then you know he had his two masters of horror episodes which are great and then uh And there's the ward and it's like and me and patrick were talking about this recently too where it's just like if uh the his two masters of horror episodes were the last things he did it would have been like this is a great career he's only had really one movie that doesn't work but then uh he he gave us the ward which is obviously something (laughs) he didn't give shit about and it, it looks like it may be the last thing he makes and it's like oh fuck you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought I just heard, and this may not be true, but I thought I heard just recently that he was interested in trying to make one more movie.
1: I I, I hope he does. You know, I hope he does, because you know, like he's he's always gonna have uh my support. So I, I I'm I'm gonna be there day one if, if he does attempt, but um we'll see because you know it's it's obvious at this point he, he no longer gives a shit about filmmaking. <laughs> like 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 it was like you said when people could keep telling him about like how much they love uh, his movies like you know they they weren't successful in theaters but right. you know they become cult hits on on video and he's just like get the fuck away from me like you <laughs> know that 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 just like where yeah. were you where were you when when this was in theaters and they needed to make money you know what i'm saying right so, right like, to, to help my career out you weren't there but uh you you're sitting there telling me now it's a great film after the fact that uh, you know, it, it bombed in theaters. So get the fuck out of my face. <laughs>
0: yeah, I get why that stings for him. That's kind of like it's like he got denied the chance to make other things he wanted because things would bomb. And it's like, uh, I feel oh God, what did he miss out? Firestarter was the thing he yeah. missed out on. Um and I think he missed out on getting to do I thought Universal promised him like a remake of creature from the black lagoon yeah yeah but they never came through on it uh i know he's always wanted to make a western like a
1: yeah that's that's the thing that's that's the thing that really bumps me up because that's what he really wanted to make he's a huge fan of westerns that shows up all the time in his movies assault on precinct 13 is basically a remake of Rio bravo um uh mccrady from the thing is basically a western hero um Big Trouble in Little China was originally written as a Western. Um, the, uh, They Live it has real strong Western themes, like that. That the big uh, music uh, theme in uh They Live is almost like you know a Western kind of theme. And then, uh, Vampires is basically a Western. I oh remember. yeah, Vampires is yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, me Mac uh, and Patrick did an episode on Vampires, and we talked about that. With this is basically a Western. You know, like he he's basically recreating images from uh uh recreating shots from uh Once Upon a Time in the West, which is one of his all time favorite films. I think he did a interview when they released the 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 DVD Blu-ray of it. Uh he did an interview and he's on like one of the they have multiple commentaries. He's he's on one of them because he loves that movie so much. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, you know, if he does one final movie, I hope it's a Western. Cause just yeah. you know, so he could close it out with, with something he actually wanted to do. Cause it, like they've asked him about it, he's like, I kind of just gave up on it. And it's like, if if you're gonna do one more, just just do it. Just do a western and then cast Kurt in it, you know, playing like a badass old west hero. And mm. like, yeah, just just give us that beautiful, you know, swan song, you know. So we you know, we could say you went out exactly how you wanted to. Like that's all I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, and it's in this day and age, you would think that somehow he'd get money to make that movie not even like a ton of money but like i mean i know he could i don't know 10 20 million like somebody and i mean if i know he probably want to do this because he'd probably feel weird about it but like crowdfunding he's so beloved amongst horror people like i know rob zombie did crowdfunding and kevin smith did crowdfunding it's like you think we couldn't raise like millions of dollars for john Car- like a john carpenter project <laughs> like i just feel like somebody should just i know it's a business but i just you think that the with his uh how big of a horror legend he is that somehow can get that money even if he wants to make a western just give him the damn money. <laughs> it's like I it kills me with these guys like older directors who want to make a thing and then no one will let them make it and it's like but they're legends like just somebody give him the money like come on <laughs> like um i don't know i don't know and like we'll see he seems content now if he doesn't just with what he's done and he should be totally content with <laughs> with the body of work he has like i know like it didn't end the strongest in the 2000s or anything but um and it's funny because I watched The Ward not that long ago. Kind of, It was probably the last Carpenter I had to watch. And I was like, this is fine. Like, it's like, it's just, it's not as good as anything else he's done. But it's just, if it was made by anybody else, well, if it, actually, by anybody else, <laughs> I just think it was a generic horror movie. But, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I wasn't, like, offended by it. I think it was, like, terrible. But, like, clearly, Hart's not in it. And it's you can't really even, I don't think there's any, like, hallmarks of a Carpenter movie in that movie. But, like, you know, I've seen many, many worst horror movies in the world but it's like for john carpenter it's kind of like you know that's it huh it's like you know it's like
1: yeah yeah. that's that's the thing like you know if it was directed by anybody else it's uh it it would it would probably be the best thing they did but like you know (laughs) uh when when this carpenter like you know and what he's given us before this it's like oh yeah you've fallen off man and it's but it's like it's not even falling off he's just like i I don't care I, i i don't care just give me my check Like, that's his favorite thing. Like, you know, like like somebody asked him, like, how do you feel about all your movies being remade? He was like, I don't have have a problem with it because every time that happens, I extend out my hand
0: and a check (laughs) falls in. (laughs) My favorite quotes of him. Yeah, I love that he's honest about it. He's like, listen, I just, yeah, I hold my hand out and the check falls into it. It's fine. Um, Because I really think, yeah, all he wants to now is like play video games, like watch basketball, which is like, that's cool. I mean, it's like you're retired, you're in your... 70s he 80 yet i don't know he's definitely in his late 70s if not he's already 80 but um you know he did such an amazing body of work and if he just wants to like enjoy basketball and video games why not like you know so um i i, I want to ask you this and this might be real i should ask you before we even started to think about this but could you could you do your top five carpenter movies
1: well right now yeah um <laughs> uh shit uh <laughs> The, the thing is definitely number one, like okay that, yeah, that, yeah. that that move that movie is just you know will always be tops for me. Um, number two, uh shit like because you know now I'm trying to think number two they, they live because I, I I love they live so much. Mm-hmm. Um, three Halloween um four um, uh, I would say escape from New York and uh five in the mouth of Madness
0: nice okay yeah
1: yeah okay I, 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 uh, that, 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 that would that, that probably could easily change tomorrow but number one and number two always remain the same uh the thing and they live because those movies are like the most important to me of his film when I would say Halloween um because yeah, you know yeah. I I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a big slasher guy and there's no slasher genre without Halloween um as as we know it you know uh if they, they would, exactly how we know the slasher genre would to be would not exist without halloween um so those three um the last two we could probably change anytime um but uh i love in the mouth of madness a lot um it's, it's just you know that, that that one's great um but yeah those top three um will remain the same no, no matter what
0: yeah well that's a, it's a damn good top five it's, it's like there's like 10-ish carpenter movies that if anybody told me They were like their top three. I I couldn't really argue. And like the ones you said are like, yeah, those are your top five. It's like, those are five great ones. So yeah, mine changes all the time too. I actually, I have a letterbox list and I actually changed the day after watching Prince of Darkness again. I moved them. I'm swapped two at the end, but um, okay. My number five is Escape from New York, which was number four until I watched Prince of Darkness again. I put and and flip flop them from five to four. So four is Prince of Darkness. Three is Big Trouble in Little China two is the thing although two and one are kind of like one a one b two is the thing and one is halloween because halloween is like it's like a warm blanket movie it's like a comfort movie for me at this point like i've watched it so many times i know it inside and out um i actually i the, i mean the thing is probably not probably from a technical standpoint is kind of unbeatable like with the effects and everything um but yeah halloween just like that extra special like i've seen it so many times. It's like a comfort movie. I I love it. But yeah, H- Halloween, the thing, or like, if he just made those two movies and got out, <laughs> you know, it's like, but then he did right, right. all these other ones. And uh, I mean, yeah, Starman was right outside the top five. You know, I mean, the, the usual, they live in the math of madness, the fog, it's all in Precinct 13. It's like, you can't go wrong with any one of those. You know, it's like, and tomorrow <laughs> I could probably like change the most of the top five. around. Although Halloween and thing will always be one and two for sure. Um, But yeah, he just had, uh, I I mean, amazing filmography. And of all the four guys you mentioned, and I love all four, Romero, Hooper, Craven, and Carpenter. Carpenter is probably still my favorite because I think he's probably the most consistent. I mean, Wes Craven went all over the place. It's like really high highs, some pretty low lows. (laughs) Like Romero obviously had a really hard time. Another guy who I I feel so bad for because he had a hard time getting stuff off the ground. Um, especially later in his life when it's like it wasn't about zombies, they didn't give a shit. Um, you know, and then like Toby Hooper, same thing. It's like had a a lot of projects that didn't get off the ground, and it's like it's just crazy that it's like these guys are horror legends and they had trouble making movies at any point in their career because it's like you look at now, you're like, we should have given them all the money. What are we doing? Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and losing Carpenter, whenever that I hope it's a long time away. I hope he, I hope uh, by how, how relaxed he is all the time, maybe he'll prolong his life. <laughs> like, hey. if he's just chilling at home, like, his blood pressure's good. Um, That's going to hurt. That's going to be bad because his, I his movies mean so much to me. and They're just so amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to knock on wood. Because I don't want to man. But I was like... I was like With you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... He's he's one of my I can't we had an episode on him. I was shocked. I did this episode. I was like, wow, this is like the first full-fledged uh carpenter movie we're talking about on the show, which is crazy. It took too long to get here, but um right. I don't want to wrap up Prince of Darkness too too soon. Anything else you like want to talk about in Prince of Darkness or
1: Um uh I wanted to point out the fact that uh, I love uh Don Pleasant's character in here because you know they set him up to be the heroic priest and then like when the shit hits the fan he turns into a huge
0: fucking coward and runs and hides (laughs) (laughs) that's true uh i was gonna say i do love him in this movie though overall he he seems really committed to like playing a priest and you kind of it transfers over to like oh this guy's really is really but he does get kind of he does get pretty scared when shit hits the fan he's uh he's not fighting anybody (laughs) and then and then meanwhile um lisa blunts over there sacrificing herself and then he's like oh well i can i can break the mirror though like, right, I right, right, that. Right. yeah he breaks the mirror he breaks the mirror from the corner
1: um and then it's like we did it we saved it like no
0: she did you did nothing but hide <laughs> motherfucker he just hid and cried <laughs> and got scared um but uh i <laughs> he's
1: <laughs> he like seems... he's he's literally the first one to run like you know when it all starts uh, popping off and like you know all the scary stuff happens he's literally the first one to run like he's this like oh true. shit i i i am out of here and everybody's like oh what do we do do we fight or do we run pleasance is like nope i'm out of here already fuck y'all
0: just, just watch uh um ichabod the headless horseman disney story and, I, and i'm just thinking of donald pleasance is like bing crosby like man i'm getting out of here like he's just like he's legs start turning like a scooby-doo character he's like i'm out of here um he does he does not act very heroically um I do I, I still love him though. Uh Victor Wong, who's still always gonna be grandpa from Three Ninjas to me. I don't yes. know how if you're looking you know, at Three Ninjas you were, but um every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's it's grandpa from three ninjas. Um but I love him in this. He's great. Uh I mean it's got it's got some of those the his uh Carpenters like people, like Dennis Dunn comes back. I always love seeing Dennis Dunn, Peter Jason shows up. Um it's it's just it's this. It's a small cast and like it, it, a lot of them i feel like i don't know from anything else but then some of them i love you know like james wong and tunnel pleasant the weird mix of like people i've seen a bunch of stuff and i love people that i've only seen in this movie but like most of the female characters i don't really know from like anything else um i never watched simon and simon so i don't know jameson parker from anything <laughs> but um but yeah it's just you know it's a small cast when he makes it work like again it's like i'm sure a budgetary thing but like yeah carpenter works with what he has and like. I think everyone, I can't, I can't think of anybody who, uh, like tanks the movie or, you know, there's no like terrible, terrible performance or anything. So no, not at all. that's always good. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't hey, look at my notes. I'm like, we hit all the like, kind of the major points I wanted to hit and just like, I just love how like just weird and like otherworldly this movie feels and so different from anything else in Carpenter's catalog of movies. It's like, um, yeah. It's just so unique and i it's it, it's different too and i think carpenter made a point of this too that it's different from a lot of other 80s horror because yeah. it's very slasher heavy time and then he makes this weird thing that's like they probably were like what the fuck do we do with this i don't know if you watched the the trailer on the blu-ray they include because i was like how did they sell this and it's a lot of just like images and saying like evil this and evil lives and but and it's like very vague but then like the ending i thought they were going to spoil the end of the movie with the jump scare but they edit it so that's like Jameson Parker in bed, they don't show Lisa Blunt the jump scare, he gets up and he goes to the mirror to touch it, but then like the, the fucking title pops out, like a 3D Prince of Darkness pops out of the mirror <laughs> which I thought was pretty great, I don't know if you watched it, but I was like, oh yeah, yeah a I tra- <laughs> a yeah, pretty good trailer
1: uh- <laughs> I, 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 re- I actually remember um, we had Phantasm 2 on VHS, and that's one of my all-time favorite movies, and the, the VHS for Phantasm 2 has the tra- trailer for Prince of Darkness ahead oh, of nice. it yeah, so I, I I saw that trailer all the time because you know I watch Phantasm Two all the time, so it was like yeah, I I very much love that trailer, you know, saying? just because how basically it captures the spookiness of the whole thing, but um also um uh, we we didn't mention this, but the, I would love to bring it up. This is one of my favorite scores from Carpenter. Uh, I yeah. love the I love the score in this movie, um like the 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 two tracks where like you know the scene where I mentioned where um. Uh, the the fluid is is going into uh, the the lady you know what I'm saying because she's the, the, the one chosen to uh be the vessel and I love the score in that scene also in, in the, the score that uh, the track that plays over like when uh dude gets murdered in the parking lot and you know Cor- corporate Corp- um <laughs> Carp- <laughs> Carp- carpenter obviously is besides from his films he's known for his music you know because mm-hmm. he scores he's he scores the majority of all his movies um and like yeah this is this is one of my favorites from him i i love it you know because it's, it's that um epic synth that that he's you know known for doing like he was the king of the synth score like mm-hmm. to this day so many people were trying to emulate like his style of you know the way he did synth uh he played uh the, you know the the, the the keyboard the synth keyboards and um his movies they, they're still to this day You know, I think synthwave, the whole genre of synthwave was created basically just to do carpenter type music, you know, and then then, then he came out and like, you know, started just, oh, like, you know, you don't want to basically copy my shit. All right. And so he came out with his son and like, you know, they're doing, they're touring all over, you know, doing their own music and like, you know, recreating scores from his movies and all that stuff. And it's like, like, you know, that's another thing. Like he, he just wants to jam too. He wants to drink his beer, um uh, <laughs> smoke his cigarettes, watch basketball, and just um and 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 make his music, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, eh, if that's what he wants to do for the remainder of his uh, of his years and shit, so be it because, you know, he he, he really just is is one of my favorite uh, musicians when it comes to like just making music. you know, like his, yeah, his stuff yeah. is just wonderful.
0: I love most of his scores. and I even have some of his albums that are just like, Stuff you know, his original stuff, and mm-hmm. I I the that stuff. It's good to put on like background music and all that stuff. I'm so mad when I got to see him live. Performing like yeah, his his son, and it's like another guy. Then like they they never come anywhere near me. But it's like they play like you know the the bigger cities. Probably the closest they ever got was like D.C., but um that's like four hours away almost. <laughs> so that's a tough that's a tough trip. But like I would love because I heard it just yeah he's just jamming out and you watch Klipsner's movies as he plays the songs. Sounds like a great night for me. Like, that's what oh, I yeah. want. Um this score, is, yeah, I like, this score is good. It's like it, add, it just adds another level of that like that creepiness. It really is effective. Like I don't think it's overbearing. It kind of just kind of adds to the atmosphere. Um yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Um oh, I'll say one more thing. I'll say one more thing. I forgot what it was. Um, oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's alright. <laughs> it happens. It, it does, it does. But um yeah, I'm glad you like this movie as much as I do, basically. So I was like excited to talk to you about it, because I can't remember, I was just pitching ideas and you jumped on, or if I threw it out there and you were like, I'll do that one. But um, but yeah, this was a super fun one to talk about with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember when, when you pitched that idea, like, oh, I want to do this movie, that movie, and then you said Prince of Darkness, and I immediately just, before anybody said anything else, Prince of Darkness, I want Prince of Darkness. That's Thank right. You. Okay, yeah, yeah. Prince of, <laughs> Prince of Darkness, me, over here, over here, this guy, he wants to do Prince of Darkness. <laughs>
0: like, yes yeah, so you did jump on that really quickly i remember now that i when i when i pitched it yes you were like i got it i got it so, um yeah no it's a great movie i i don't know if i could even call it underrated in his would you call it underrated in his filmography anymore or do you feel like nothing what because there's like it, it's weird it's almost like the movies keep it's like every year in his uh, how do i explain this like people kept catching up with stuff it's like there was a period where like oh Starman's underrated, but it's not anymore. Or Big Trouble in China's underrated, but it's not anymore. It's like it almost went like I now people are up to. In the Mouth of Madness is really good, and that was underrated. So I feel like we're getting to the point where people are like, "Oh, Vampires and Ghosts of Mars are pretty good." <laughs> like it's like people slowly catch up. So I still feel this one not talked about enough. I mean, it's kind of hard. It, you're overshadowed by like the thing and Halloween and you know these other movies. It's it's kind of tough to 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 break through for those. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know would you say it's underrated I, now or is it like people are, I, have caught on
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think people are catching up like it, like if you asked me a, a few years ago i would have said yeah it's definitely one of his most underrated but now um i th- i think i think people are slowly catching on to how great it is and you know and it's 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 slowly but surely getting it's just due you know it's you know like yeah i think we're far off from seeing you know the the renaissance of a. Uh, uh, vampires and ghosts of Mars, but, uh, <laughs> th- th- this one, and, 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 as well as, especially when you mentioned uh, in the mouth of man, are like, people are like now coming around, like starting to come around and like realizing how great they were. And like, like, yeah, it, you guys did Carpenter dirty by, you know, not going out to see It's like, I, I mean, I was nobody was taking me to see this because this came out in 87. I was three. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I wasn't going to see this and um, Nobody was taking me to see pop wasn't taking me to see fucking in the mouth of madness no way um but like yeah when I was old enough uh to see Carpenter movies in the theaters like oh yeah I'm going I remember uh vividly like uh when vampires came out October 30th 1998 uh that was a Friday I was in junior high school and um I I literally ran home dropped my bag off and went straight to the theater to watch and I was like, it was, I was like one of like fucking, I would say, uh, like four or five people in the theater in the, that first oh, showing yeah. <laughs> of Vampires, you know. But I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see Carpenter. And I remember going opening weekend to Ghost of Mars, and that was fun. Um, like, yeah. And then, like, you know, whenever they, they show his stuff um, near me, like they do special screenings. Or, like, I've gone to see Escape from New York, The Thing, uh, Halloween, uh, Big Trouble Little China I've done, um, like, yeah, whenever Oh, they live. I've done they live multiple times. Um, I still haven't gotten to see Prince of Darkness in a special screening, but I'd love to. I I really love to because I definitely would love to see this on the big screen because like, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites
0: from him. Yeah, it's I, I was trying to think when you said that. I was like, wait, have I seen any car? I've seen Carpenter Theater, but never like first run because Ghost of Mars came out and then is there a huge gap to the ward of yeah theatrical? yeah so i didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the ward theaters because I, I don't remember if it just didn't look that good I, I even though it was carpenter i was like i'll catch that on dvd but <laughs> it's like i have seen i've been lucky enough to see halloween big trouble in little china and they live in like uh we have a repertory theater called the narrow near me and the big trouble in little china screening in particular was like one of the best screens I've ever been to for anything. It played like crazy. It was like a party. It was so good. <laughs> People were so into it. Um sometimes those screens you're they can border on like annoying, but like everyone was like was loving the movie. So it was like it was the right kind of good it was a good energy. <laughs> but like right. they all played great. Um, but yeah, Victor China was like that, I think that screen like pushed it to like one of my favorite Carpenter movies. And I saw with the crowd, I was like, oh yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> so um yeah just those three that i've seen in theaters i got to see more and uh prince of darkness would be interesting to see with a crowd I'd, I'd be curious if uh everyone would be freaked out or not
1: <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs>
0: but um but yeah any anything else on prince of darkness to wrap up here uh i think i think we touched upon everything that needs to be touched upon uh, about the film yeah i think it's it's one of those i know it sounds like a cop-out but it's like if anyone hasn't seen this, this whole thing it's one you kind of gotta see for yourself because I feel like it's really all about like mood and atmosphere and trying to describe yep. like the plot mechanics is like kind of <laughs> almost like a waste of time. It's like you just gotta go just get on its wavelength. It's it's creepy basically. it's like really fucking creepy. So um yeah, I love it. More time to watch it, it's great. So um thanks again for talking about with me. It was a good it was a good time.
1: Oh so- no, no, thank you for having me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's always a blast talking to you and then like you know, to talk about uh, you know, one of my favorite Carpenter films. Just like, yeah, it's just like, like it's a blast. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, you, you, you put it out there, and I was glad I was able to see it immediately. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, I want, I want, I want that one. I want that one. Thank you very much. You know, like fuck, like yeah, I love everybody else, but fuck off. This one's mine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got to do this with me. So this was this was a blast, as always. So, um, while well, let you go ahead and just plug all your stuff. People can follow you, the podcast, all that, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, oh, of course. Uh, you can follow me. Uh, of course, as uh, my own personal Twitter account. Uh, at the Cine drunkie on Twitter. Uh, of course, uh, my show. Uh, you could have been a bloodfist movie. Uh, you can follow uh as its official Twitter uh at bloodfist pod and also um for the upcoming uh chainsaws and claws you can follow uh that one at at chainsaw's claws and uh yeah those 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 are where you find me like you know uh you know going on twitter like i, I really got to set up uh because that one is just like a blank slate right now the chainsaw's claws one but uh, i'll get
0: it up to it eventually
1: and you know? yeah it's gonna be fun
0: Yes, excited to hear more from that podcast especially but all your all your stuff's good so uh excited to hear more yes (laughs) you're a good podcaster someone's told you recently so (laughs) keep keep doing it um uh let me see here for our stuff uh yeah the usual i'm like this where when this drops should be like right in the middle of october so uh about three more uh horror centric episodes coming up uh keeping that going. I won't say what, because mostly because I don't know what order they'll be in. So I'll just let that be a surprise. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, for our stuff, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at film feast pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at maplet 87. Um, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at film feast, all one word. Um, and I realize I never give out my letterbox handle, but you can follow me on there if you want. It should just, I changed it recently. I think it should just be also maplet 87, like the Twitter handle. Um, But yeah, follow me on Letterboxd if you want. Uh, And I think that's it for this time. So thank you, Rob. uh, And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.